Welcome to the ESG Academy, where the Hogan Levels team quickly but thoroughly shares critical insights on key ESG issues that in-house counsel need to know. The world was watching as global leaders recently gathered at the COP26 climate conference in Glasgow, and our Hogan Levels team was right there with them. Today, Amy Roma and Susan Bright will give you the front row view from COP26 and what it means for your business. Amy, resident in our Washington DC office, is the head of our energy regulatory group and is known for spearheading many first of its kind cutting edge energy projects. She has also been honored by the National Law Journal as a great mind impacting the crucial intersection of energy production and the environment. Susan is the firm's global managing partner for diversity and inclusion and responsible business, as well as the former managing partner for the UK and Africa. Susan leads the firm's own sustainability efforts, including the actions we are taking to meet our commitment to be net zero by 2030. So Amy, um, you were invited to speak at COP26. Can you tell us uh, a bit about that and and the impact on you? Sure. Uh, So I spoke at an event that was um, in the platinum zone and it was largely ministers from various foreign countries, uh, U.S. State Department folks, CEOs and and thought leaders on energy transition issues. And the thing that stood out to me the most was how climate change impacts people now and how it will continue to impact them, which is something that we talk about quite a bit, but also how much the transition does too. And three stories stuck out to me in particular. First was a conversation with the president of the Maldives who explained that in a few decades, his countries could cease to exist, creating 400,000 climate refugees that need to find a new home because their country will no longer be habitable because of rising seas associated with climate change. Um, The second story that stood out was a conversation with a minister from Kenya who explained that five years ago, only 25% of the people in his country had access to electricity. And now it's 75%. But then he paused and said, that's just a light bulb. They don't have access to electricity for um, more significant energy uses, including for just clean cooking. And he said, I can't tell my people that they can't improve their standard of living because of climate change. And the third story that stood out was from a South African minister who was talking about the clean energy transition away from coal. And she explained that the country already has rolling blackouts because they don't have enough power and that there's 70% youth unemployment in her country. And if you take away the coal jobs without replacing them with reliable, high-paying jobs, then you're going to just exacerbate the problem, which destabilizes the country overall, never mind just the electricity sector. So those three things stood out to me because I think they illustrate, one, how climate change is impacting people today. Two, how countries think about the transition Um, and the impact that it has on its people, um, including to make sure that people are are taken care of and that we have a high global standard of living. What about you? What did you think were the the key takeaways from your experience at COP? Well, I was at COP to support um, an event which was a screening um, of a documentary about something called The Great Green Wall. Um, And then there was a panel session um, after the screening of this film. And the Great Green Wall, um, Amy, is a a project to um, build 8,000 kilometres of of plants and trees across 
um, Africa, um, just to the south of the um, Sahara. And it's an area of Africa which has really um, become quite desert-like. Um, and, and that's had massive impacts on, on um, people, movement of people, uh, inability to, to live and work in, in, in the region. And so the aim is to build or to grow um, this wonderful corridor of plants and trees um, right from Senegal in the west um, right across to Djibouti in the east. And there's this film um, which is uh, produced by Ina Moja, who's the most amazing charismatic um, singer and artist. And she follows the route where this um, Great Green Wall will go, um, uh, listening to um, people locally uh, and telling stories about the impact of, of climate change and what the local communities are planning to do about it. And I think that that's for me was the, the real impact, Amy, was um, an amazing, hearing about an amazing, ambitious, locally led project, which would um, make such a difference, uh, both, both locally in terms of people's lives, the ability to eat, drink, uh, for people to stay uh, where they're born uh, and, and not to have to move elsewhere, but also a project which would create, if you like, a, a, an amazing green green lung across Africa, which would obviously benefit people not just locally, but also globally. And I think what the impact on me was really um, about uh, being ambitious, uh, finding amazing solutions to, to global issues, requiring a huge amount of um, collaboration, uh, bringing people together, but also inspiring people and the ability to um, inspire people in different ways. And in this case, um, through uh, film, uh, through sharing stories, uh, through music and, and, and through art and um, bringing all of that together. It was um, incredibly powerful, actually, incredibly powerful. So I was going to ask you, Amy, about what kind of opportunities that you see exist for business um, in order to um, to make a difference coming coming off your experience at COP? Well, Susan, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, um, when you were talking about the Great Green Wall, um, the ambitiousness of the project, the global solutions, the collaborations, and the inspiration, because I think those are the opportunities that we're going to see for business. Um, on the, the global side, for companies that are in the clean energy space um, or can work on decarbonization, you know, for their own product that they're selling. The opportunities are immense globally. Um, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of support um, on, on the various government sides, uh, providing money and financing available to support decarbonization projects um, around the world. And so uh, I think there'll be a lot of um, opportunities and just monies uh, uh, emerging for companies in this area. And the other thing that, um, I also think is an opportunity for businesses is that they can rethink their carbon consumption. Um, we're seeing a lot of, um, there were a lot of companies there, and then I'm just seeing as a global energy practice leader for the firm, um, companies that are not usually in the energy space um, getting directly involved um, with purchasing power from clean energy, uh, supporting clean energy innovation, um, and then rethinking how, where and how they do business. Um, in the United States, we have a data center um, that's being built at a nuclear power plant so that they can, uh, it's a huge energy consumer, the data center is, and the nuclear power plant provides clean energy. And so um, by just relocating and putting itself directly at the nuclear power plant site, you know, that's doing something that's never been done before, but um, it's, it's really exciting. We're also seeing 
Bitcoin companies uh, entering into power purchase agreements with clean energy innovation companies, companies that have never even deployed. Um, so they're really rethinking, I think, business um, and they're doing it on a global way, collaborating with companies that have never kind of worked together before and they're being very ambitious. Um, how about you? What what are you seeing that businesses can do, given the complexity of the issues? Yeah, it, it's it's tough because, as you say, um, there's you, you need the big, ambitious, um, collaborative project projects in order to to you know to tackle some of the really big, challenging issues. But that sometimes just looks like such a big mountain to climb. So, um, one of the starting points I think is to, for business to 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 break this down into into a plan and a project in order to, 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 to take those um, measurable steps, if you like. So the way way I try to think about it, Amy, is, is sort of like a, a wheel of change. Um, so taking our own business, so Hogan Levels, for example, is thinking about, well, what do we do internally to ensure um, that we take the steps we, we need to for our own business, what we do um, to, be, um, to be net zero? So that's about um, thinking about uh, all of our our own energy needs, how do we reduce our energy needs, how do we store less data, how do we um, uh, use um, smaller premises, reduce the amount of um, printing and, and so forth that we do, um, and breaking all of that down to think what tangible steps do we need to take as a global business in order to to, to make ourselves um, um, net zero. And then it's thinking about, well, how do we collaborate with people in our community? So as a law firm, it's taking our legal skills, uh, working with others in order to um, drive um, uh, other projects. So for example, we're involved in in big rewilding projects um, across Europe. And then it's thinking, um, whatever sort of business you are, whether you're um, uh, making things or you're um, providing services, is how can you drive change through through what through what you're doing um, yourself. So for us, it's using again our legal skills in collaboration with our clients to think how can we work with our clients to help them to transition to uh, clean energy or, or other aspects of, of their business. Um, but I, I think it's thinking big, um, but being able to break it down. One of the um, big questions that we get asked um, a lot is what can I do? What can I do personally? To make a difference, and I think there's a massive um, appetite um, for businesses to be able to make a difference, but also for the individuals within businesses or in their personal lives to be able to make a difference. There's a huge, huge appetite um, to understand what can I do personally to make a difference, and then it's about um, harnessing all of that individual effort in order to to um, make make a massive, massive change. Um, but a lot of people are feeling pretty overwhelmed. It's like there's a tsunami that's coming towards us, um, uh, and it's how do we how do we work together in order to, um, to 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 make the changes that we need to make? Lots of things to think about, Amy. There is definitely lots to think about. But I think it's about taking action, um, and it's uh, it's about collaboration, as you say. It's about ambition, uh, and it's about about taking those steps. Um, uh, doing nothing's not an option, I think. Yeah, and that, you know. Susan, it's interesting. The the more I think about this, the more it's one of those things that becomes evident that this is a problem that's not going to be solved in silos. And so if we all try to stay in our own silo, you know, we're not going to make nearly the impact we could if we all work together. And so you're right. It's about collaboration. It's about, you know, pairing together unique um, capabilities um, to try to solve for the larger problem. But you also need to break it down into what's digestible and what can you handle if we were trying to solve 
everything all at once, nobody would be able to do anything. But we do have skill sets and opportunities and our clients have skill sets and opportunities and just being able to think creatively and and, and in a way that uh, um, is ambitious um, to try to achieve uh, measurable goals uh, is something that we can do and something that I see us doing. Um, and that's what I'm excited about. I completely agree. Do you have any kind of last thoughts on on this as we're, as we're moving away for COP? And moving into the implementation stage? Um, I, I think it, it is absolutely about taking action. Um, what we can't do is, is turn up in another 12 months and have another discussion. Um, time for discussion is over. It's time for action, collaborative action, as you say, um, and, to, and breaking things down into achievable steps that businesses um, and individuals um, can actually do. So um, I, I'm, I, I find it really exciting, actually, being at COP and being able to um, spend some time um, going around, seeing the exhibitions, seeing the innovations, um, seeing the amazing work that people are doing. Um, but it's about taking that out of COP and and and, and uh, feeding it into um, uh, all the decisions that businesses are taking. Um, sustainability is not something that happens somewhere over there. It has to be um, actually front and centre in every decision that any business makes. Um, that's the only way forward. Agreed. Great talking to you, Amy. You too. Thanks, Susan. Thanks so much to Susan and Amy for today's discussion. Visit hoganlevels.com slash ESG for more podcasts, videos, and resources, or download more episodes from the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app for Android users. 